Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I want to, uh, my daughter, Nikki, may be watching online, or she may not be, but either way, I want to give a shout out to her. Tomorrow's her birthday, and for the first... For the first five years of her life, she thought the fireworks were in celebration of her birthday because that's what I told her. So happy birthday to my wonderful daughter who loves God with all of her heart. This being uh, July 4th, Independence Day, which we honor the founding of this nation, which I believe personally, I was born here, I grew up here. For those that weren't born in America and have come here, they have even, I think, a greater appreciation uh, for the freedoms we have in this nation. And uh, I really value those that have come here uh, and made this their country. Um, because they hold it so much dearer to their hearts, knowing uh, what has been given to them. I want to start by reading this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, driving their power from the people. You must always remember that. As I share this message this morning, I believe a lot of our founders understood freedom because of the scripture. I believe they understood freedom because of the bondage that every person is under until freed and the belief in the Lord Jesus Christ sets them free to understand what freedom really is. And I believe those founding fathers and those who gave their lives and uh, gave of their lives and their strengths and their energies and pursued the Revolutionary War and the founding and the freedom of this nation from the rule of Britain, um, they could not have helped but been motivated by the scripture and by faith in Jesus Christ. In John chapter eight, verse 36, It says, if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. And in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I don't think very many of us can watch these movies, uh, that Mel Gibson movie of... uh, of, uh, 
what's that called? Braveheart. Braveheart, where he's yelling freedom and not be moved. I, I remember we had a fellow come through here a number of years ago from Ireland. And he was just a passing through. We didn't know him, uh, but he said he was an evangelist. And we said, then evangelize. Let's hear it. Man, he preached a word on freedom that I have not forgotten to this day and then sang a song about freedom that he'd written that just still motivates me to, to this day to think of how my life has been set free. At one time, I was in bondage. I didn't know I was in bondage. When you're born into slavery, you think slavery is normal. But when you receive a, a revelation that you can be set free from that oppression and you lend yourself, it says, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved, you're set free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I believe our nation is under great attack. And the attack is on Christianity because it's Christianity that gives us the idea and the concept that it has been endowed by our creator to be a free people, a free agent with free will to choose and to pursue the things in life that you have a passion for. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 22, it says, We are all prisoners of sin. We receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Think about the power of that scripture. No other way can set you free of being a prisoner of sin and receiving God's promise of freedom except by believing in Jesus Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, the scripture tells us that we have been purchased. Our freedom was purchased by the blood of his son, and he forgave our sins. You've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I don't have a real long message today, but I'm excited for those that, were, that made it here today. I'm blessed for all of those that are at the parade and the festivities and all of that uh, that are happening. And I found an attitude. How many of you ever have copped an attitude and you didn't realize it until a little later and you went, man, how'd that creep in? It's just there, and it's got to be dealt with. Let me tell you something. It's important you deal with attitudes. When you're raising a family, I was talking to my, my children and grandchildren. We were in there last week, and uh, uh, my daughter-in-law said something to me. I don't remember exactly how it was, but I said, the reason grandparents are so important is that we're not in direct line of authority with the children. And they, they're drawn to that. We, yeah. we buckle under authority. We chafe under authority. But the authority of God is altogether different than human. It's a different kingdom. 
It's a different mindset. It's a different plan. It's a different purpose. It's one that's made for your greatest benefit. All right, I don't know where I was going with that, but I thought it was a pretty good statement I made. So let's just meditate on it a while till it comes back around. <laughs> but I like that concept. Uh, we're not in direct line of authority. We're not that way with one another. We have a greater authority, that being our Father in heaven, that being the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of all things, the Lord of lords, King of kings. That's, that's our authority. And we have been given a different task than to be authoritarian. We have been given the task to love one another, to lift one another up, to care for one another, to encourage one another, to see your brother and sister do better. Amen. That's a great task than being an authoritarian. Some of us grew up under authoritarian religious beliefs, and we are recovering. through the freedom given to us through Jesus Christ. I'm sure some of you in here can relate to that. I want to finish today's message with talking about a hero of the Revolutionary War. My wife, uh, when the books were coming out on, I love history, and the books were coming out by Jeff uh, Seurat or whatever, I can't say his last name, but it was about, you know, the Civil War, about World War II, World War I, and the Revolutionary War. It's been a number of years since I've read them, but uh, I just really enjoy our history in that. What formed this country? What made this nation what it is? What gave us the ability to sit here today and worship the way we choose to and in freedom? And then there's these heroes that you don't really ever hear about too much. I'm going to talk about one hero in particular. We probably have heard about him, especially if you were in the Navy. I was not. But uh, during his time, he was not recognized, the hero that he is recognized today. His name is John Paul Jones. How many are familiar with John Paul Jones? John Paul Jones started out as John Paul. Born in Scotland. His father was a gardener to an estate. He aspired to be a naval officer in, in Britain but was unable to be so because of his low birth, his low standing in life, his, his status. His father, a gardener, he didn't have the status to be an officer in the British Navy. How'd you like to live in that society? At 12 years old, John Paul 
went to sea as a cabin boy and learned everything he could. His commanding officer of that ship found that he had a, 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 such a desire to learn everything about seamanship that he took him personally, began to teach him everything he could know about sailing a vessel. 12 years old. What were you doing at 12? I was riding a bicycle and being home by the time the lights came on. That's, that's all I know, playing baseball. Anyway, John Paul began to sail. Uh, at one point in time, uh, he was accused of murder, falsely accused of murder. Uh, he did kill the guy. But the, the, it was the commanding officer of the vessel uh, had taken over the vessel. He had not started out as the commanding officer. He made himself the commanding officer of this vessel and created a mutiny and took over, and John Paul killed him. So, because he was accused of murder, he fled to America. Sound familiar? Why? Even though we had not established ourselves as a nation, we had established ourselves in the understanding that a man has a right to freedom and he has a right to uh, defend himself in the face of accusations. Yeah. So he fled to America and he began to establish himself once again as a, as a ship commander to the point where he began to become of note and uh, of such note in his attacks on the British uh, coastline and the British ships that America couldn't figure it out, but France did and said, we're going to give you five ships to command because they believed in the cause of the Revolutionary War and our freedom from Britain. So now all of a sudden he has these ships, and they're not that great of ships, but they're okay. And uh, the battle, one of the most strategic battles during the Revolutionary War on sea was against the, the ship, the Serapis, which was a British warship, the greatest ship Britain could produce at the time. And it was sent to protect all their merchant ships. And John Paul Jones, he had changed his name when he came to America from John Paul, because he was a wanted man, to John Paul Jones. He found the most common name he could find and took that. He went into battle against the Serapis with his ship, and his ship was not really a very good one. It wasn't fast, it wasn't swift, it wasn't maneuverable, but he went to battle against the Serapis, and they began to go broadside and fighting and fighting. And an American ship, this captain didn't like John Paul. He would come out of the mist, out of the clouds of smoke, come along broadside and shoot our own American ship and then disappear and go back. And then he did it again and he did it again. And John Paul Jones's ship called the, uh, 
Bonham Richard, after the poor Richard Almanac, because it was Benjamin Franklin who was able to uh, secure this ship for him. Anyway, it was just pre- it, it was just beaten to death. And not much left of it. His men, two-thirds of the men had been killed in battle. And they're still going at it. He's got one cannon left. One cannon left that will operate. And he's running that cannon himself. Now, the British have portrayed him as like next to Blackbeard. They portray him in the, in the newspapers as... Uh, this guy is huge. He's humongous. He's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a pirate. The truth is, he was a five-foot, five-inch Scotsman who dressed very proper. That's why I liked him. And he quoted one of the more famous lines in the history of our nation. After being beaten to a pulp, the commander of the Serapis said, do you want to strike your colors? Meaning, do you surrender? And when you did, then that battle was over, and they took over. And his, he had two men that had come up from underneath the ship, saw all the holes, saw the flooding, and went to strike the colors. And he would have shot them, but his guns weren't loaded. So he threw his guns and clubbed them. Pretty good shot either way. Knocked him out. Because he would not give up. He would not stand down. And he's got one cannon left, and he's manning it, and he's trying to shoot the main mast of the Serapis. And the, the commander is just like, what is wrong with this guy? There's no quit in him. And he keeps coming out and yelling at him, do you strike your colors? And he looked at him and he says, I have not yet begun to fight. Well, he had a young guy working for him on the ship there that got himself a bunch of hand grenades, climbed up high and started tossing them down on the other ship. And and unfortunately for them, their, their crew was in the practice of bringing all the gunpowder up so they could keep manning the cannons. And they had a big pile of gunpowder, and one of those grenades hit the gunpowder, blew a huge hole in the Serapis, and then John Paul said, do you strike your colors as his ship is sinking? And they did, and he took over the command of that ship because there was no quit in him. There was no stop in him. You see, when we become Christians, we enter a different battle. We enter a battle that we cannot yield our colors or strike our colors. Because God has called us. He has called us. He says, come out from among them and be separate. Come out from among them. And what he's talking about is come out from the world system and the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of God, into a different thinking. Now, earlier I talked about dealing with an attitude. We deal with an attitude with our children. We've got to deal with attitudes in ourselves. And I said, you know, 
I knew a lot of folks were going to be gone this weekend because there's the parade, there's all the activities. And I had this attitude working in the back of my mind. I confessed it with my wife. I said, well, maybe it'll rain and they'll all come to church. <laughs> Second I caught that, I said, no. I do not want it to rain. I want people to be blessed. I want the Christian to be in the streets. I want the believers to be among our community, yeah. our neighbors. And I want them to become their own hero, the unsung hero of our time. Now, John Paul Jones, I'm going to finish up with this. He was never recognized in his own day. He died in obscurity in a small, rundown apartment in France, overlooked by our government, overlooked by um, uh, just about everybody that he had done these tremendous things for. He did the same thing for uh, France. He did the same thing for Russia. He ran the Russian um, naval. Navy at one time, and he ends up dying in an apartment in France. It's run down, no recognition, no burial. He's told by the ambassador, they're told by the ambassador of America to France, just throw him in the field. Just throw him out in the field. That's what they did with a lot of the, it was during the, revol, uh, the uh, uh, French Revolution, and so a lot of the People just got thrown in the field. One man heard about it and said, no way. And out of his own money, he had him buried in a lead coffin filled with alcohol to preserve him. Then buried. They couldn't find that field later on. They had built over apartments and buildings and complexes. But it finally came to the recognition of, I think, President Roosevelt, uh, Teddy. Of all that this guy had done, they said, we want to find him. Yeah. And they began to search for him. And they began to dig tunnels, drive holes into the ground in the, and, the, and tunnels crossways. And they come across a lead coffin. And they dug it out opened it just far enough to smell. Yep, it's full of alcohol. And they brought it home, and they buried him. And now he's considered the father of the U.S. Navy. Yeah. We don't often know what we're, in our battles, who we're influencing, our influence, what it's doing to set someone else free. You think you're just going along doing the battle that you have daily, the daily grind. I got to go to work. You have no idea the influence that you might have on that one person or two people or three people. But the whole purpose behind it is God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you, and he will use you. 
I want to honor this man today as we think of our freedoms. We think of our liberties. We think of those who saw something in that and gave of their lives towards that. I think of the two things that he said. He said many, but I, I wrote down two. I have only began to fight. I think if you could leave here today, you could adopt that to your Christian faith. I have only began to fight. If you could adopt that into your Christian thinking and into the warfare that you face and into the daily activities of life, and when things come against you, you can say, I will not strike my colors. I have only begun to fight. And then he, I want to finish with another statement. He says, if fear is cultivated, it will become stronger. If faith is cultivated, it will achieve mastery. Amen. Let's all stand. I want to thank God for this great nation. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.